Road win, road loss, home loss. But we still did better than the line in Vegas. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can retire a limerick. I'm Mike Jones, joined by Tyson Walker's best game ever guy, Kevin Greck, and the dude who knew that the last three was an air ball, Alex Plum. You knew that? I knew it. Oh, God, did I knew it. Oh, everyone knew it. So many timeouts that we're going to get into. Uh... Uh, Alex, you you just returned from uh, sunny San Diego, uh, well, Wales, AKA. vagina. Yes, that's right. I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, I'm Ron Burgundy. How was your vacation? It was it was rainy, but it was California, and so that's a little yes, a little good. It was meeting good. friends at Pod. We made friends. We got to meet a certain. Uh, fan of this pod. I mean, who is it? Seems like a quite a great guy. Why he chooses to listen to this podcast will forever flummox me. And why he chooses to spend so much time on a boat. On a boat. Don't say that. We didn't get into it. We were there, but we got to meet one cool Nate when we were in San Diego. He got to hang out with me and Jason and a few of my Peace Corps friends. And we had a lovely drink at a swanky hotel. Hot diggity dog. Uh, Lovely. Greg, how was your week? Uh, Lovely. Uh, lovely. Uh, you know, we, uh, we get to hang out. We get to celebrate MLK. I'm nursing a, uh, an old fashioned right now. Uh, compliments of listener Mike Jones. Uh, so thank you for the devil's river bourbon whiskey, slightly better bourbon whiskey than I'm accustomed to putting in a uh, mixed drink, but here we are. This is the glamorous life of a podcaster, you know? Uh, well, thank you, of course, everyone for listening. Uh, if we could ask a small, <laughs> glamorous, that just caught up to me. I just, <laughs> glamorous life. Uh, if we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Those reviews uh, do help other Spartans find the pod. So if you have a chance, leave one, including that you just were testing out some headphones. Um, you can, of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Uh, Plum, what will the structure of this show be? Gentlemen, it is basketball season, and so Tom Izzo must be who leads. And we have not one, not two, but three games to uh, to discuss. No one is going to care about our opinions around Wisconsin. Few on Illinois, and uh, some people will care about Purdue. But we're going to get into all of it. We'll talk football. We'll head off Grand River. You might hear about one of our friends, who sells mortgages. We've got two games to preview. And then, of course, why you're listening. Twitter questions. This is going to be a great episode. Uh, and Plum has already warned us that he's fading fast, so pop quizzes are going to be coming abound to him. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's start uh, with that um, Wisconsin game. We, of course, played Purdue today, and we will get there. But um, Plum, what were your takeaways from this game? Wisconsin. Man. I, I should I should probably also you know state with that we win sixty nine sixty five at the Kohl Center um, in a in a nice road win really nice road win. Yeah, anytime you beat the Vegas line is a win for me. Uh, mostly because Vegas rarely gets it wrong, so this felt really really nice. We came in I think what sixty six thirty percent kind of thirty thirty three percent underdogs according to ESPN. Does anyone care? Probably not. Um, I, I don't know. I felt like a road win in the Big Ten is a feat in and of itself. Uh, we have struggled at Wisconsin. 
Uh, it was lovely to get the W there. Uh, it would have been better if we could have beaten Brad Davidson for the 16th time, but that's okay. Um, we'll take what we can get. My overall perception was that these guys maintained composure in the face of adversity. They rallied. They played great defense. They did not stop the hustle when there were multiple opportunities when they probably should have or could have. Um, and unlike today, free throws were everybody's friend at Wisconsin. And uh, there were some critical moments I know we'll get into. Um, but this was a fun game to watch. All, all three of these games in some ways were fun games. Illinois probably the least fun. Uh, but Wisconsin was a lot of fun. And it was a great W. A really good W. I mean, this, I think we've already articulated this over the course of the season, but I think it cemented it. The thing that differs this team from previous year's teams is that they're ice cold, man. They mm. got some dogs in them. And this is a game where what they were down five with like four to play or something like that. I think crawl makes a jumper and puts uh, Wisconsin up five. And at that point, the guy that has watched, you know, untold number of MSU basketball teams here kind of thought that's probably it. That's the one. But yeah. AJ Hogard would not be denied down the stretch. Uh, Wisconsin gives some opportunities and they steal one on the road. And I was so impressed with the team and the medal that they showed under those circumstances. So that's the story to me. Yeah, I, I, a couple other things to, you're not wrong about any of that, but I, uh, we started to see the return of um, some sloppiness, uh, and we probably will return to this point later on. Um, 14 turnovers in this game, Wisconsin with 25 points off of turnovers. Um, brutal. Uh, but some, some highlights, wet hay season. In Wisconsin, uh, Joey with uh, hey! uh, twenty points, eight rebounds. Um, the the sort of unsung hero, the moment of uh, optimism for maybe the future that uh, we're going to plant a seed now, and we're going to come back to this. Carson Cooper played twelve minutes in this game. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Kohler got his four in the first half, and I don't think saw the floor again. Um, Cooper with no points, but very much held his own on the block, uh, particularly after this is the game Monty got his uh, stitches, right? Uh, um, yes, this is yeah. this, which we saw throughout the rest of the weekend. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a bit of blur. But Cooper, 12 minutes, two boards, two blocks, um, one steal, and I, I think had a had a bit of an end to end play at one point in time where he was integral in something. So uh Carson Cooper I don't I don't know and it, there was a big lie told about him redshirting to begin with like mm. no way no how that ever would have happened but the idea that he wasn't prepared for this moment um if we're talking about of the big men who should be redshirting I don't think it's Carson Cooper um and I think we've got a lot of good years in front of us uh as evidenced by some of his play throughout the rest of the week um Anything else on Wisconsin? I know everyone's heart is not in a happy place, so maybe we move on to the Illinois game. Uh, we we saw Malik Hall playing this one, and yep. we saw that um, he's very useful to the team. <sighs> it turns out. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Oops. 
Yeah, and a quiet Malik game too. I mean, it was mm-hmm. yeah. eight points, five yeah. rebounds, but in you twenty-seven know, minutes, you uh, the his switchability is um, is crucial. So uh, another game we saw him play in, but did not see him finish is a seventy-five to sixty-six loss to Illinois, a game that was close um, at closing time, and and Illinois made the big plays at the end. Um, I'm going to lead with uh, my take, though, on on this Illinois game before we get into players or, or your guys' thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Izzo got outcoached in this mm-hmm. game. Uh, Brad Underwood had a better game plan, and that game plan was do not let them shoot the three, and I, I guess they can try and get inside, but, like, I don't think you need to worry about that with this Michigan State team. So you're going to make them take long twos. And those, there is a reason people let you take a high difficulty shot that does not give you the ROI of a three pointer. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing uh, people that follow us on Twitter will know that um, Mike Jones aired out some dirty laundry on <laughs> Twitter about our halftime chat. Jonesy, account for yourself. What do you look me in the eye and and say what you told the people again? I uh, said something to the effect of not to be a nerd, but the analytics say that we're taking terrible shots. And this was, I believe, we were up at the time. Were we up at the half? Yeah, yeah we were. And up. we were. And up. yeah, because I told you at halftime, I'm very uncomfortable yeah. with this game, and you were far more confident about it, and I was not, and. Uh, yeah. I okay. just needed, I needed to tell people that I was right. I needed to share with you people that I was right. right at the time though, Michael, because oh, this but I was, the analytics said, and that, that's Matt oh, born out over oh, time. My name's Mike Jones. I think I know everything about analytics. I'm Mr. Basketball analytics at the time <laughs> when I said the line, when I said that, shut up, this is Nerd. all to you. <laughs> we were getting good open looks on screens and curls. They're not good them. looks, and though. they were up. They're good looks. If you hit them, they're good looks. And then Brad Underwood comes mm-hmm. in and is like, "We'll let them, you know, attempt you know, mid-range twos uh, all day. We like that." And you were like, "Oh, great! Guess what I'm going to say to my podcast listeners? Brad Underwood outcoached Tom Izzo because he confirmed my priors." Shut up, Mike Jones. <laughs> you are Benedict Arnold. Your Judas character. I was right. You're wrong. I am the winner. Things change in the second half. Then you air out the dirty laundry afterwards, <laughs> and I quit the pod. Bye. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Well, we're gonna miss last him last week. <laughs> KG quit the band. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pull some raw copy then and just start releasing it. Uh. All right, I'm back. But uh, <laughs> it was a good take at the time. It was uh, a good take at the time. I'm not doing this for you, Jonesy. I'm doing this for the listeners. I'm doing okay. this for listener Mike Jones, who keeps me in old fashions. That's why I'm doing this for him. Uh, Plum, I want to hear your thoughts. And Greg, I do want to hear your thoughts too. But we need to take a detour because um, this is going to be segment one of uh, we got to talk about the refs. Um, and you don't lose games. Well, 
maybe you lose games because of officials. Uh, but the um, I, I think we started asking some questions uh, about Big Ten officials. Well, I think we've always been on it, but we're happy to ask those questions even in victory. Um, for instance, folks can listen last week. We had some thoughts about the way the Michigan game was officiated. Uh, Kelly Pfeiffer seemed to be committing hate crimes. <laughs> Pfeiffer. On the floor. Uh, I have some notes here that are not suitable for air about Kelly Pfeiffer. Um, Plum, uh, I... They this, involve dirty areas of the, the human body. Uh, mm. This felt like... Um, so Chris Solari tweeted this out, which this is not a Kelly Pfeiffer unique thing, but that uh, the two big men, Zach Eady from Purdue and uh, Danger uh, from... Uh, uh, Illinois, neither called for a foul in 70 minutes of play. Right. Um, that's a bit surprising. Uh, it feels like uh, we've witnessed some murders down low. I, I don't know. This this game felt like a disaster where we were just getting slaughtered. Mm. I, uh, I don't know. What to say. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. I think. Um, there are a couple things. I generally like to give the referees the benefit of the doubt. I find Kelly Pfeiffer to be Pfeiffer. physically unpalatable to look at. He is um, goofy in every way. Uh, if you haven't, and I know we talked about this last season, if you haven't this season yet, please just do a Google search of Kelly Pfeiffer referee. Um, any Any man that takes a picture wearing a black suit and a bright purple tie needs to be beaten to death. I don't know. That's it. That's the answer. So put to um, death. Capital punishment is the he only is way. from Iowa. And that is all that we can say about that. It no, I think he'll never get a, uh, we, maybe we should all feel terrible for Kelly Pfeiffer. That could be because it. if he's from Iowa, he'll yep. never get a home loan. Yeah. From Brandon Sands. From Brandon Sands. He'll never get to experience the This joy. is the ad read. This is the ad read. The ad read of is that. brought to you by Kelly Pfeiffer. So I, I think maybe we should all have a moment and give Kelly Pfeiffer a moment of grace mm. um, under the circumstances. But continue. Well I'm sorry. I'm sorry for... Just, I mean, that is a great stat from Chris Solari. I know, immediately noted the Michigan folks in his mentions, you know, being like quoting the Mel Tucker piece that Chris Solari wrote around, I feel bad for people that complain about the refs. So that was just good. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just low hanging fruit and you have to celebrate Twitter for always, for always picking that fruit. It's a great stat, beautiful stat. These things revert to the norm. They always do. And that's how refereeing is. And you can, we can, we'll call it out to the Purdue game, the foul, not just, not even missing um, Edie's foul on the like whipping, whipping Sissoko around and onto the ground. The fact that they called the foul on Sissoko, listen, you can always find that. Every game you can find it. And there's always a boner. There's probably 10 boners. There are three referees, each with a whistle, each one of them waiting to just swap gobble a cock as he makes a boner that's it that's all it is and it's going to happen against us and it's going to happen for us and you know we just don't like to take credit for the ones when yeah. they are working our favor yeah that last one against tyson was yeah brutal because there was i don't think there was a particular advantage gained either so and i think listen that's as i've game. said before 
player, not all plays are the same. Uh, Tyson Walker just throwing the ball out of bounds today on a dumbass bad read turnover with 13 minutes to play in the second half cost us nothing. There's just no, there's no impact there. But specific fouls, just like specific plays in the game at specific times, impact bigger than others. And this is theoretically why these guys are rated the way they are. So, listen, another thing thing is everybody in the Big Ten thinks that the Big Ten referees are ass. Therefore, they're probably doing fine. So here's what I, I will say. I'll add to this. I think that this game, from an officiating standpoint, is a tale the of Illinois. two texts. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Tale of two texts. Yeah. One so happened. Can you, can you, yeah, yeah, tee up the situation. Tom Izzo he, gets a, can you tee up the situation? Two T's, huh? Two T's? Jet, 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 jet two T's? Huh? Come on. It all comes two. back around. God, he's so good. He does such a good job, Gus Johnson. Um. So MSU, uh, Tom Izzo texts himself up. Uh, at 1242 in the first half at that time, uh, that is when Illinois is sort of just pulling ahead a little bit. They've got a little bit of a lead. Had Illinois been called for a foul at all at that point in time? Uh, I don't know if they had never been called for a foul, but MSU was up six points. Illinois pulled it back into with one within one Izzo gets a tech MSU goes on to go into you know, halftime with a four point lead. Basically things favor MSU for the rest of the, of the half. Brad Underwood gets a tech at 14, 13 in the second half, uh, which is right when things were most out of control for them. If you look at the ebb and flow of the game, that was one of MSU's high points in the second half. Um, and then from then on, as Joe Ashworth, I wasn't willing to do this work myself, but Joe Ashworth did it for us and put it in the Twitter questions. That Joe Ashworth sense. points out uh, at the 14 minute mark, Underwood gets tech and the refs called the nine consecutive fouls against MSU after that. So um, coaches take techs for a reason and they do it to amp their team up, but they also yep. do it to affect the, the officials. officials. It's true. And it worked in this case. Now, in fairness, Illinois had to take advantage of the situation that it would it had been given. But make no mistake, Illinois was given an opportunity because at that point at 1432, MSU is up substantially, up by nine when this took place. So yeah. I I'll I'll just hold I'll on a second. Like, nine nine straight fouls. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It was around the 10 minute mark is when I said to myself, okay, they've decided to even the score. They being the officials. The officials. And, and then they're, and then I think from the 10 minute mark on at the second, in the second half, Illinois beat us. Yep. Like, like, so, so to be clear, when it was winning time, Illinois made shots and we didn't mm-hmm. like, and, and so, you know, you officials are a factor. So it, you, it, it, it's, no, of course they are. Well, yeah. So it's, so I, I just, when, when, when folks say like, well, you should have made the free throws. Yeah, sure. You should have made your free throws, but like also, yes, like it, you can't, you know, it, I think I understand why sports people and why you don't want to contribute to a culture about whining about officials. I get it. Like really my my concern is that if 
like Greg's narrative of the game is spot on that that shouldn't be what happens. These, these are professionals and they shouldn't, they should be, if you give a guy a call or two after that, fine. Sure. But like nine, yes, nine is completely out of balance. And I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you that question of balance, every referee understands what balance means. They all intuitively grasp it. Just like you and I both have a, a just a, a level sense of what fairness feels like. Every referee feels like that to the nth degree. And so sure. nine straight fouls, when that is that lopsided, you know that. You desperately know that. The only reason you're calling the sixth and the seventh and the eighth and the ninth is because they can't not be called. Now, does that not mean you don't? Do something on the other end of the court. I don't know how you don't do that unless there's literally nothing happening. I don't know. What I know about this team is they refuse to drive the lane. What I know about this team is they refuse to be physical on offense. I'm sure, and I again, I didn't watch the Illinois game, so I'm telling it myself now. But I, from the commentary that I saw, this seems to have been the case in that game, particularly in the last 10 minutes. It is hard to pick up a foul when you're not being aggressive there. But the last thing I'm going to say on this, just on the referees particularly, is if... Tom Izzo doesn't want Kelly Pfeiffer, which I don't actually think he does because we don't see Kelly do a lot of games at the Breslin, but like a DJ Carstensen, a Larry Scarato, if Tom doesn't want them there, they're not going to be there. There's a reason why we see a lot of the same guys again and again. It is because Tom probably has them very high on his list. The Big Ten coaches select the Big Ten referees. So that's why I'm saying if everyone thinks this is a problem, then no one thinks this is a problem. And then that's not a problem. So, well, Tom did actually complain about the officiating after the Purdue game, but that's, uh, but I, to your, uh, I will shout it out at uh, the, because I I do think it was good. The moving screen pod had, um, had a former head of officials for uh, big 10 basketball on, and it was a really insightful conversation. Um, and, and to your point, Plum, about like knowing things are out of balance, echoed, right? Yep. Like, um, but I, I would, um, the only other thing I'll say there, because there were uh, some really great things, you know, Greg, you talked in the Wisconsin game that that Hogard's uh, Stone Cold Killer, like mm-hmm. another good game. Uh, I mean, you don't like the three turnovers again, it's rearing its head a little bit, but uh, twenty points, only one assist, which is a bit surprising. But the well, well I guess if that's you're not scoring true. all the points, it's hard to assist. Also, we haven't we we spent too much time talking about the officials, and I will go back to my Brad Underwood out coach Tom Izzo. Not only did MSU not make a three point shot, but they only took seven. But that was because of the scheme. That's that's being outcoached. And because, but also, it's also a physical matchup too. Illinois get long wings and long guards, and it can make that type of perimeter play kind of difficult. Fine. I guess, but... In case it wasn't clear to everyone uh, listening, he did me a a little eye roll, gave me some guff on that one. Um, Uh, So I just wanted everyone to know that you know, I might quit the podcast again. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do think, uh, I'll also say, I think AJ took a heat check uh, three-pointer. That's one of our missed uh, three-pointers. Um, and that felt like, 
when the it, game was it over. It felt like that ended the game right there. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, all right, so let's head back to the Breslin, shall we, and talk about this Purdue game. Can I step outside myself as a third-party basketball fan and just say, if you didn't have a rooting interest in this game, yes. what a mm. game to watch. Yeah. Incredible. And what a Big Ten game to watch, too. Really physical, relatively low scoring, but like you would have been wrapped on your screen watching that game. The back and forth, the seesaw, Zach Eady, you know, you get to see, I guess, maybe like Fletcher Lawyer become Fletcher Lawyer. He's played really well over the last three games, and he, in my estimation, won them that game down the stretch. But then also Tyson Walker just going Super Saiyan at the same time. It was a fantastic game that just didn't end MSU's way. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we didn't really discuss, but Malik Hall out for the last seven minutes of the Illinois game um, and appeared and did not play in this game. And, and it appears will be out for an indeterminate but long period of time. What it is, I say, the preliminary stuff does not look good. Yeah, it's it might be the season. Any additional so, information on that? Uh, he said in this post-game press conference it might be this season. So they just met with the specialists, and it's not good. Um, so as we get more information, we'll talk about it more. But I, I think as we, as we talk about this team moving forward, and as we dissect games like the Purdue game, I, it's no more Malik Hall wasn't here, right? Like, this is the team. Yeah. And yeah, I'm right. going to... I'm going to step out in front here because I saw a lot of bitching and moaning and whining and head hanging. And the fact of the matter is, is that this is the, we played the Ken Palm five team at home, admittedly, but, but played the number five team in the country and we fucking hung with them. Mm -hmm. And if you like, I, and you can complain about a few things. You can, you'd be right to point that AJ missed his, his free throw. You, that, that would be well within bounds, but we hung. We were in position to win at winning time. Mm-hmm. And much like we were at Gonzaga uh, or at the, the, the game on the boat. Um, and okay. the, I, Zach Eady went off in this game, but like, who cares? That, that clearly was the decision that they made. And I think that Zach Eady missed enough shots that you, you'd have a hard time not validating that decision-making. Like, I thought this was an excellent game plan. This was excellent play. Frankly, they didn't, they didn't play particularly well for the first five minutes. Also, maybe a reason you lose this game. I mean, A.J. Hogarth threw the ball off of, jo- off of Joey Hauser, as in he's not looking twice. Yeah. That, like, so I, I, I will just say... That to your point, Kevin, this would be a classic we would love to find on the Big Ten Network if we had won. Yeah. But this was a classic game that we should have won. But like, I don't, what are you going to, are you like, I want to get out in front of the, oh, we didn't have another big. Who was 7 4 in the portal? Who? No Mm. one was available to cover Zach Eady. Um, We should have had another wing. You, in case Malik Hall went down with a season-ending injury, like maybe, but are you getting that level of replacement? No. Like, right. I, Tom Izzo outcoached Matt Painter, and if you don't fuck up the first five minutes, if you don't miss a couple free throws, if the refs don't do a screw job, like there's a lot of ifs that happened here. There's a lot of ifs. 
Yeah. But but you can't tell me that we didn't hang. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to I want to say I'm really I was really proud of the team because I thought we were going to get murdered. I um, also when we when we heard that Malik Hall wasn't playing, I was like, how correct. do you even win this 100%. game? Yep. It, interesting thing about Zach Eady and the way that we handled him. Um, I thought first off, I thought Madi did a great job on him. And I also thought Carson Cooper in relief did a fantastic job on him. I like can't say enough nice things about Carson Cooper. I do wonder if maybe well, time will tell on this. If we kind of, especially by the end of the game, wrote the book on what to do against Zach Eady, uh, you know, switch on to him with a guard, draw him away from the basket on offense, run him. He was clearly gassed, I think, at the end of the game. Um, and then also, we probably already know this on defense. I haven't looked at his uh, season numbers, but he shot 50% on twos, 13 for 26. Sounds pretty good, right? You'll take that. But I, I... we can we can go below that one one number. So at the rim, nine for 11. In hmm. the mid-range twos, four for 15. So Rafferty did a great job. I thought about this uh, on the broadcast of talking about like, you got to keep him a certain distance away from the net when he gets the ball. If he's already underneath the bucket, when he gets the ball, it's over. There's nothing you can do, Mm -hmm. but if you can keep him out, keep an arm on him, make him do a turnaround jumper or something like that, you have a chance. And that was unfortunately one of those, rim moves is where he ended up with the last bucket of the game. But um, under the circumstances for a guy with 32 points, I think um, our guys did okay on him. I would say. I, yeah, I, the, the game plan, like this is the second seven footer we've seen this year. Um, and in both instances, I, I thought the game plan was executed well. Mm-hmm. Zach Eady is better than Hunter Dickinson. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's, the Big let's, Ten coaches were picking players that would take Eady let's over Let's clip Dickinson that, by the way. Uh, 100 out of 100 times. But the, I mean, the, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that we were able to effectively, in a different way, take Hunter Dickinson out of the game. You know, the the way Purdue runs sort of a motion offense, uh, you know, they they frequently would, you probably noticed, have a cutter sort of running kind of opposite of Edie, sort of slashing through the paint. Um, and then we would dig down off of that cutter regularly. Like, it was an excellent opportunity to start. It, it, we used their offense against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, like, if I thought Underwood outcoached Izzo, Izzo outcoached out Painter. Um, I, I, this was, I, I just, I don't know if you're missing your guy, Malik Hall. I have a hard time looking at this game and being like, I'm pissed about it. I'm, I'm not thrilled. I don't like losing. I hate losing. I hate losing at the Breslin even more, yeah. but Plum, uh, what, what were your takeaways from this game? I, I think, I think you're right. I, my only response to that is it. I don't know. I just, I, maybe I'm a sore, I'm a sore loser. I'm not, it's not a maybe. There's no maybe about it. I, <laughs> well established. I know it's so clear. Everyone that knows me knows this. I, we still lost. We still lost. Yes. We hung with this team. Yes. We should celebrate that, but we still lost the game. And, and to your exact point, 
we were in the position to win it. When it mattered, we could have won the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it's the small things that cost us. You're absolutely right to say we outcoached Matt Painter on this game 100%. They came in number three. There's no way we should have been as competitive as we were. And yet we were, which is completely testament to this team and what they can do and to who Tom Izzo is. But at the end of the day, when we needed to win, we didn't. We lost. And that's, I think, what fucking sucks the most. Um, so, no, I mean, you're right. And I know that it's uh, a bad old man yelling at Cloud look for me. Um, but I, I, I watched this game and I, I just love this team and God damn it. They Tyson Walker had the best night of his life and they played without Malik with terrible news and only frustration. And they've just been through it and they thought they'd turned the corner and the, all of the metal was there. And Maddie Sissoko had a fucking baller night shutting down Edie as much as he did. I mean, it was just, and we still lost. So yeah, you're right, but you're right, but you're right. We, we, we hung in there against the number three team. Like we hung in there against Gonzaga. And then we let Underwood have his way with us against Illinois. I I, I don't know how to make sense of this team. I don't know how to make sense of the team. Here's here's, uh, the, can I just interject real quick? And then I'll, I don't think anyone wants to see us in March. That's that's where I am on this team. Is and that- but and my point though is and let us lose to Loyola Marymount in in the first game. Greg, what were you going to say? I cut you off. I, I was just going to say I think the difference in this game was Fletcher Lawyer, uh, freshman, Big Ten freshman. They don't usually Fletch. operate like this uh, under these circumstances, but he's sure. been playing really well in the last three games: Penn State, Nebraska, this game. Without him playing that way they lose i I think it's as simple as that i I mean i think anyone that was watching the game could could see that but usually you don't see a freshman step up this way um even though you know as we heard on the broadcast uh foster was better (laughs) you think maybe the lawyer family was sitting in the stands like oh is that right msu basketball fans is that is that right is that that what it was (laughs) text him he'll come back are you you sure you're good you're good uh yeah you guys love foster so much is that right (laughs) uh so i want to plump you called out tyson walker 30 points and unbelievable destroyed them at times um Mm -hmm. we were seeing we saw the tyson both the tyson we saw last time we played we played purdue at home when he uh, he took that shot over Trevion Williams uh, to win the game. And we saw that t- the Tyson Walker that put up like 18 and 12 minutes against Illinois last year. Like we, we saw, holy shit, Tyson. Uh, and it was great. The, uh, you know, AJ had a halfway decent game when he wasn't throwing the ball at Joey's back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and missing free throws, but 14 points, eight assists you know, uh, two turnovers, including a real dumb one where he stepped on the sideline. I don't understand how that continues to happen to us. Joey played a fine game, like actually a shit game by Joey standards, uh, 10 points, five rebounds. But I want to get to the next person on this because I, I think we got to have a conversation about this. Greg, you brought this up. Jade Nakins. Uh, only credited with one turnover, credited with three assists, one of which was a dish to Tyson for a three-pointer that was incredible. But 
it feels like Greg, this was your point. Empty it, it, possessions. It feels like when Aikens has the ball at the end of a MSU possession over the last several games, it ends up being empty in one way or another, whether it's like going to the basket, but making it too complicated and missing, whether it's a turnover, whether it's, um, you know, some kind of suboptimal outcome. It, it, I'm getting a little impatient with Jaden Aikens of late. And I, I understand that on the season, his numbers yeah. are pretty good. Like he's still shooting 40% from three. I'm supposed to say, I'd like to see Jaden Aikens take more threes. And maybe that is what I would like to see. Have him, you know, run some action for him off a screen or something like that. But this, I understand that he's hyper athletic. I get really excited when he does his thunder dunks, but like, it seems like he gets a little bit sped up and it just does not result in optimal basketball. Like in the same way that when AJ Hogard pulls up for three similar thing, like it, it, it's similar. Like I can't get too mad at him, but at the same time, I just, I've got this nagging feeling when either of those things happen. Um, you hope that Jaden makes the sophomore to junior season jump that uh, that AJ Hogard made. That'd be great. Um, I'll take that. Please, you know, and and I, my response to you was that you got to wonder how much not playing in in the preseason, not right. even like the games, but like literally the summer workouts, anything. Yeah, maybe just messed with his ability to kind of be in rhythm and in tune. The one other person I want to chat about here is. Um, well, we mentioned Carson Cooper, Jackson Kohler, fewer minutes than Carson Cooper. That's still becoming a thing. But is Pierre Brooks. Because Pierre Brooks was on the court for 12 minutes, and you might not have known it unless you were counting the shots he missed. Um, 0 for 4 from the field. Uh, and Tom Izzo didn't say his name other than I need to get him ready, but did reference the inability, replacing Malik Hall and that if people had done their part in the offseason, they'd be ready for this moment because they didn't do the hard work and didn't didn't say Pierre, but I think we can all assume who he's talking about here. I, I'm, I, yes, I think that's right. Pierre Brooks should be ashamed of himself. I have every confidence in the world that he is, in fact, ashamed of himself. But so should Tom. The, the, a, that's horseshit. And B, it isn't constructive on January 16th. Also, if the kid didn't kick his own ass in the summer, where the fuck were you, Tom? And where the fuck were your fellow assistants? You know, that's my question. This sort of, he wasn't working, then cut his ass. Get into the fucking portal, Tom. It's horseshit. Today on January, that, that's not constructive. It isn't helpful. I'm pissed at the kid too. And yeah, run his ass a little bit. But it's just, it's such bad... It's just objectively bad. I'm actually kind of surprised I'm that frustrated. I think it's because I'm – let me just tell you what I'm actually frustrated at with this fucking team. The injuries. Oh, my God. <laughs> Every fucking season. Oh, does this happen to anyone else like it does to us? Christ. Sorry for the sound. I just really Leave cannot get over it. And now the fact that it's even more serious because they fucking, they rushed his ass. <laughs> they rushed his ass back out there. I know that injuries are unpredictable, but whenever I can point the finger at someone, I'm going to. He shouldn't have played as fast as he did. And now we know why. And it's also on Malik Hall. He should have been more careful with his feet. Wah! <laughs> <laughs>
He needs like some big orthopedic <laughs> shoes out That's there. He wants exactly to have like what the cool Nikes. But really what Malik Hall should have been doing is wearing like four inch sold orthopedics. <laughs> And like we should have given him like trifocal glasses and with like ankle protectors to prevent rolling. Yes, yeah, that's what we should have done. But no, he wants to look good with the with the KDs out there, whatever he's wearing. All all the sneakerheads listening to the podcast are like, clearly he's not wearing KDs. He's wearing blah blah blah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well done. And I, cell phone, good job. Yep, steal their thunder, Kevin. All right. So there are 13 get- games left in Big Ten season. Uh-oh. MSU has 12 wins. We can safely assume that 20 is your magic number for safely in Every, the tournament. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So we have Rutgers at home next. And we're at 12? Yes. So what is the, So you're saying what's the path to eight in the next 13? Yeah. Uh, so... Rutgers at home, you hope for a win, but this Rutgers team is good and clearly good at winning on the road. Beat beat Purdue at uh, West Lafayette. Um, we're at Indiana. The good news is Indiana seems to be falling apart. Um, we have Iowa. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have Iowa at home. Iowa. They just thrashed Wisconsin by 19 points. Cool. Uh, and then we're at Purdue. Yikes. Uh, and then we have. Rutgers at Madison Square Garden, which um, I am optimistic they will regret scheduling games at yeah. the Garden. Thank you, Rutgers, for that scheduling. <laughs> Appreciate you. Big Making it more buddy. accessible to our alum. Uh, uh, then we uh, we have Maryland uh, at home. Then we go to Ohio State, Minnesota at home at Michigan. I, I think we get the. It's possible to pick up those eight. Um, in the back half of the schedule, I, I mean, Indiana is not looking as formidable as they once did. You, if you even if you split with them, I think you you count that as good. Yeah, uh, Michigan is is definitely winnable. Um, so let's with Rutgers, let's say Rutgers. this. So of the thirteen, six of these games are at home. I've just counted. Yeah, we could. I mean, Rutgers appears to be the most difficult of all of them. That's right. Right, and that's the first one. So assuming we can be golden at home that six that we've only got to pick up two more on the road that is and one of them's at michigan i think that's eminently doable i don't think we'll have any trouble getting to 20 yeah and that's my point is you need to go sub 500 and still safely make the tournament right yep. like yep uh or no is you're better than 500 but not by but, far yep uh well, the rule, like you got to hit 20 wins to make the tournament is sort of gone at this point um so that's it, a good it, you're safely in is my point at 20 wins you're yeah. safely in yeah. uh the uh the other thing to you know uh, think about in all of this is that the big Ten's not necessarily that great um and we have shown a propensity to look i i mean i know we lost this game but i, I you were in it with a top tier team the and let's not forget that the Cassius Tillman team went on their own version of a shit January and everyone thought, oh, they might not make the tournament. I, I think the streak has perpetuated itself so long that we continue to believe that it cannot exist. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I just, I'm not particularly worried about this team, even without Malik Hall. You want Malik, but 
I still saw things this game that I'm happy about. 100%. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, football. Uh, Edition first, uh, long snapper uh, to Michigan State from Ohio State, Mason Arnold. Uh, we thought this. We thought Hank Pepper was going to be back. He may still well be, uh, but with Michael Donovan heading to Miami, this is not a terrible pickup, and you're happy to have a new long snapper. Um, uh, returner, J.D. Duplain. Didn't need an announcement once again, uh, but JD Duplain is back. Let the kid have his image on social media, okay? Great. The social media interns got to get his two credits. Yes. Someone had to uh, go in and make him color, and the other two guys black and white. Yep. But it was worthwhile. It was worthwhile. Uh, while we're seeing plenty of MSU talent leaving for Power Fives this year, Terry Lockett is not. He is heading to the Eastern Michigan. Uh, let me fly like an Eagles um, <laughs> to join Imani Bates down there in all sorts of fun. Uh, then the bad news, the uh, frankly concerning news, Eli Collins is headed to Oklahoma state. Um, I am very happy for Eli. I want great things for him. I don't know where you guys are, but I was bothered that Eli Collins got to go with was, was picked up by a program that values running backs the way that Ohio, uh, Oklahoma state, Values running backs. Um, yeah, first and foremost, of course, Eli, very happy for you. Crush it. Kill it, King. Like, we're really happy for you. Friend like, of the pod, Eli. <clears throat> um, <laughs> second, I took this opportunity to check in on Eastern basketball and our guy, Imani. Um, Eastern has picked up a fourth win against Central. Good for them. Uh, current record seven or four and 14. Um, so, bummer. Uh, but yeah. It, I think we're always gonna kind of not Wonder forgive how. Mel Tucker for how this was handled, right? the The fan base is is gonna hold a grudge on this one, I think. If and he has a great to. year, if he has a great year, I swear to God. Well, there, no amount of prognosticating from this podcast has portended anything good for this upcoming season. Not one. Eli Collins is more to this culture than uh, Mel Tucker's keep chopping motto ever could theoretically be. And the fact that we lost him is an indictment on Mel Tucker and on Jay Johnson and on the entire coaching uh, regime. There have been zero turnovers in. Ah! (sighs) So good for Eli Collins. Getting out while the getting's good. Saluting you, wishing you the best. We will miss you. All right, last up. Other programming notes. Well, first, wrestling's ranked, swimming, or not swimming, (laughs) Uh, gymnastics is ranked, and uh, someone else that I'm forgetting is also ranked. Uh, But uh, MSU settles a lawsuit. Hockey, I think it's hockey. hockey. Pretty sure it's hockey. Hockey. Did I do the Midwest accent right? Hockey. 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 MSU settles a lawsuit with swimmers and agrees to an independent Title IX review and promises to get in compliance by the end of uh, 2026-2027, which is interesting because I thought it was a law and you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) This is 
This is the right. stupidest. What a Could, badly written article. First, badly can, written. Can you imagine getting pulled over for an officer? Be like, I'm sorry, I was speeding, but I'm currently in compliance. I'm, I'm, I'm stopped. I promise I'm st- to be in compliance by the time I reach my destination. <laughs> but I'm parked in my garage. Uh, of course, like because the LSJ. Uh, halfway through the article, you well, know, they, I'm sure it wasn't their article. I think it was a free article. Okay, or, fine. Even less standards if that were possible. Uh, halfway down the article, MSU spokesman, uh, just, just so we're clear on this, we're, we were never found to be out of compliance. We don't acknowledge currently being out of compliance, nor do we acknowledge ever any, every time in the past being out of, so yes, while we will definitely be in compliance at the end of 2026 and 2027, we're currently in compliance. Thank you. F- fuck. Wow. <laughs> what is the what is the agreement? Like this gender equity review with zero teeth, with no accountability, zero enforcement. Awesome. What a great win for the university. And God knows they needed one right now. But and I don't even, again, I don't even know where I come down on this. I don't know that I care enough. I think that's kind of been this pod sentiment. Um, we like athletics, and so having more of them is great. But uh, bad job. Bad job, everyone that's been advocating for the swimming program. You've done a very bad job. You've won nothing. Uh, like Willy Wonka said to Charlie, good day, sir. I said good day. So They probably think it's a win, though, because they had no leverage at all. Like there's no requirement for the university to continue to have the swim team. Uh, so yeah, they probably they, threatened to start another sport instead, just to spite them. But they probably were like curling. We got some egg on their face. This is an absolute win. Um, yeah, that's even right. though well, here we are signal boosting it and it makes no sense. And I, I, I think it's for those who have not been paying attention to this, it, it is really worth remembering that the a cornerstone of the allegation was that other women's sports at MSU are not valid. Mm-hmm. So in particular, crew was a, a, a strong point of contention that, that there are far too many people on that team and they don't count. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would have required not counting them or their resources. So it's a compliance mill. Yes. Well, and it may be, but uh, it let's like, there was, another sport on the, they were looking for a quid pro quo and that meant other women were not going to be able to compete in sport. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, Plum, tell us about our friend. Our friend, our yes. friend who, okay, this is the one thing you, this is, there are many things we can say about Brandon Sands, but the one thing that I will say, which is why I trust him, which is why Kevin did business with him was because when Gold Star Mortgage was deciding where to invest their time and resources, where they were going to get their agents trained, where they were going to put in ad revenue, where they were going to try to build a solid base, they saw Kelly Pfeiffer's face. They looked at his outfits and they said, oh, God, oh, oh, my, oh, and Iowa? Oh no, God no! If they look like him there, they shouldn't have houses. That's probably not okay to say. But what I will say is, good, good for Brandon. Good mm-hmm. Brandon for making Kelly fight for your litmus test for where to do and not do business. 
Uh, Brandon Sands, everybody. Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. He's our guy. He is our dude. He's with Gold Star Mortgage. Uh, who knows what's happening with home prices? Who knows what's happening with interest rates? Doesn't matter. People are buying houses. And if you are one of them, or it's time to refinance because you bought in the 80s when the interest rates were 12% and you never refinanced before, you can still get a deal now. Or, yeah, or finish your 30-year fixed rate mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> that be really impressive that be really if you managed bad. to not refinance and still <laughs> and you still didn't finish it well <laughs> anyway if that's you and there might be there might be a couple of you and you're and if you exist in this world you're listening to this podcast i'm sure of that call brandon all right who knows waiting a dip trying to wait out this market is dumb you gotta be you gotta have a house buy a house do it now gold star fortune 500 michigan-based company funds over a billion dollars in mortgages annually Brandon manages a team with over 100 years of combined industry experience. You know where he's licensed. It's everywhere, but in Kelly Pfeiffer's godforsaken hellhole. So call Brandon. Use his consultative approach. Uh, get the best rates in the country. They got all the loan products you could possibly need. That's Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. Check him out at goldstarmortgage.com. Uh, real quick note, programming note. Um, there's In comedy, we all know, there's a rule of three. Right, you got to do some a bit three times, and I've Wait, you know this bit. I've I've either quit or threatened to quit the podcast twice already so far in these however many minutes. Let yes. me let me. It, so it's been in the back of my head that I need a third one, right? And I think I found it because our podcast host seems to be moving us along from MSU sports without acknowledging two overtime victories from the hockey program over Penn state. And I should quit oh my in God. solidarity. Oh with my God. Icers. Oh to, my God. To think the shit you're going to talk about some. I'm going to quit the pod because you're trying to cover up for your shit. Pod. Did you hear how East coast elite that pod was? I am. Disgusting. Oh my God. It's disgusting. Oh my God. MSU, the Icers have. The Icers. Uh, keep saying it, please. I just love this. The Icers. Uh, two come, come from behind overtime wins over a top five Penn State team, including Jagger Joshua getting a hat trick in the second game, which was available to watch on uh, Fox Sports Network, on the Big Ten, Big Ten Network, or whatever it was. Great games. Good for them. Very happy for the turnaround after how uh, kind of poorly the Ohio State uh, games went. Um, but wow, removed it. Straight removed it from the outline. It was here, but you you killed oh, it. You that's for an audience of one and you are lying, sir. I am not lying. I added it to the outline and now it's gone. I I think that was probably plumb because you wanted to go to bed. <laughs> anyway, uh the floor is yours, podcast host. Take us wherever uh, it is that we go from here. Uh, I don't think we have anything super meaningful to chat about off Grand River unless we want to lull about Michigan for a while, but I don't think I we don't need to. to. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Greg, um, do us proud. You've done a ton of research yep. uh, and you are prepared to wing it on Rutgers and Indiana. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing. Um uh Rutgers first. Now, we talked about how this these games, some of these games are must wins and I think we, we all agree, right? That this Rutgers game at home is in that that plus column. So, real quick shout out 
Izone came out in full force love for the Purdue game. Love to see like, it. You got to see that atmosphere again for like for Rutgers. Yep. That's yes. a weird statement to say out loud. Anyway, sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. That's good. Uh, the bad news is that Rutgers has some wins. Of course, they beat the Purdue team that just beat us um, at Purdue at Mackey. Uh, they've also got wins at Northwestern, a, a team that beat us in Breslin center. And, uh, you know, they got most recently, they've got a home win against Ohio state. Um, but they're, you know, they're kind of a formidable team, you know, Cam Spencer plays, you know, the share of their minutes, uh, at the guard position, but they can, you know, they've got a rotation that is pretty good size. I mean, they've got like an eight man rotation, nine man rotation already. Um, so, you know, you've got Cam Spencer kind of leading that out. You've got, you know, he's, he's rangy. He's got steals. Um, Cliff is out there getting rebounds and blocks. Like, yeah, I, uh, I specifically, uh, avoided. Um, um, but uh this i mean this is a team that that shoots well uh cam spencer plum almost a 95% free throw shooter so he's still my heart he's still my heart mhm uh so i mean this is a good plum's response is actually too low a good three point <laughs> three point shooting team a good defensive team they are number 14 right now in the um uh, in the Ken Palm, hmm. and the defense is like elite, like top five. Offense top three in Ken Palm. Yeah, uh, offense way less. Hmm. So this is like the opposite of a glass cannon. This is like a glass wall. I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, but go uh, back to the writers' room on that. Do that some more. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should just cut this, and I should just try it all again. Um, but, uh, this is, uh, it's a formidable team in a game that we need to win. Uh, anything that you guys want to say, have you watched any Rutgers games this year? Anything you want to say? I have watched them. Uh, my concern about the Rutgers team is that defensively they remind me a bit of Illinois. Like they will get up in your business. Mm -hmm. They will bother you. I was going to go through and find out what their heights were and i didn't do that unfortunately mm. um but they uh they're they're bothersome uh paul mckehey uh is their point guard and i don't think he's really got it moving this year which is probably a good thing because he's had other weapons to rely on but that dude will do weird things to you. Like he will get you in a blender, uh, can post up as a guard. You know, if Tyson Walker switches onto him, that would just be one thing I'd be worried about. Indeed. Um, anyway, mm. but yeah, they're defensively, uh, they remind me of that Texas, was it Texas Tech that Texas we ran into? In the, mm. Yeah. It, the Tortilla Factory? Uh, Michael's got a team. Like, I mean... And he's got a new five-star uh, recruit that uh, yeah. just committed in the middle of a, uh, in the middle of like a, a post-game celebration, which is a bit of a hack move, I gotta say. Would you say it's like, like sitting that. next to the Spartan statue and saying that you're returning? Or no, Can that we... was beautiful at the time. 
with emphasis. It's, of, it's, it's sort of like uh, maybe Louis C.K. stand-up. Again, lovely at the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I really uh, enjoyed it up to a certain point. Uh, <laughs> it reminds me a bit of Delvon Rowe's commitment to North Carolina. It felt coerced, speaking of Louis C.K. stand-up. Um, <laughs> anyway, the other game is on the road at Assembly Hall now with a fancy name, something, something, Assembly Hall. Oh, they named it? Knows. Well, someone gave them a lot of money, so they named it after her. Um, so it's like she's presenting Assembly Hall or whatever. If you, if you liked, if you loved a team, you wouldn't put your name on it. What if you loved a football program? Would you put Tom Izzo's name on it? For the lulls, absolutely. <laughs> the lulls. Uh, all right, so this Ill- this Indiana team, good news is they've shown us that they can lose. They've got losses <laughs> against Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State. Bad news is they're coming off a big win against Wisconsin. They annihilated Wisconsin, as I said earlier. So um, this is senior year, Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, he's outdoing Trace Jackson Davis things as he's wont to do um but uh you know this is a team where are we in the ken in the ken pomeroy they're below us i believe in the ken pom 28 nope zero percent lower than us definitely mm-hmm. higher than us mm-hmm. um but a better offensive team than a defensive team so keep an eye on that uh this is a game that i'd like to win but in my time following uh, MSU, I can't remember the last time we won at Assembly Hall. Like, truly, it has been a long time. And I was thinking West Lafayette was worse, but yeah, you're right. Uh, and some of these Indiana teams are not good basketball teams that we still managed to lose to. So having seen several games in Assembly Hall, I can tell you that place can get a little rowdy, but it can also get morgish and how dead it can be uh at certain times so shut the crowd up get up a little bit maybe you can pull that one out but i'm skeptical yeah all right let's do these twitter questions all right because plum is fully in the instagram feed right now not true he's studying up <laughs> for his responses to the instagram i was the, i was i was prepping for the twitter questions just yeah. checking dms uh <laughs> Eli's still silent. So. Uh, all right. First up is Mamapolif. Mamapolis. Uh, just a quick editorial to Mamapolis. Mamapolis Leaf. Thank you again, Susan, for all that you do for this pod. God, you are great. And we love to honor you by giving you first billing <laughs> in Twitter questions. I'm sure this will pay off. One, a bit confused by the Izzo statement, quote, I've got to do a better job coaching, get some subs in there. Subs have to do a better job participating in practice, going a little harder, end quote. (laughs) Question, so is it a coaching issue or is it a player demonstrating ability issue? Yeah, back to my earlier points. Tom's getting a little soft in the brain. Got to scoop out that dead brain part. His words make sense. Would you say it's positive if the brain is hard? Is that well, a good thing? Yeah, I don't know. I thought you were gonna go smooth in the brain. Smooth. Oh, that's good. I like that better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's get smoothed out there. We gotta etch some wrinkles back we in to make that thing work. Back in there. Yeah, wrinkle that brain. 
Next up, did Illini coach Brad Underwood defensively out-strategize Izzo by understanding that with less than five three-pointers, MSU has a losing record? Wow. I don't know. Oh, five made three-pointers is what yeah. she means. Because yeah. I was going to say, we've not shot that few all year. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we're uh, a, certainly a top 40 team in three-point shots. I, I stand by Underwood. Underwood won't. Well, we won't play them again, but I don't think we'd get away with it a second game. Like, I trust that Izzo would be able to outcoach Underwood, run circle, but he, he got one on him. He got one. Yeah, he did. Good job, him. Uh, last up. Uh, okay. Jason Ross Jr. is presently calling tonight's MLK Classic game Morehouse v. Howard. He said about quote, broad, end quote, casting, there's a wonderful, quote, there's a wonderful level of chemistry, efficiency, and pure joy when everyone is on the same page. Is that what it's like with, quote, pod, end quote, casting, too? Well, play on words there. Little pun, broadcast, podcast. What a a great Twitter questioner bringing us really good uh, content to riff off. Yeah. Um, Mopoli, yeah. I threatened to quit the podcast three times this week. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fourth. Rule of fours. <laughs> Next up. Rule of fours. <laughs> Ali, is Foster better? That's oh. the question. <laughs> People are saying. His mother was he- saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I wonder how the lawyer family was like feeling about it. Oh. I... I do think, though, that that was as good of a thing the Izone could have done mm, while yeah. not making it mean spirited. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like that's they, right. they couldn't not razz him, right? Yeah, like you right. had to. Yep. Um, and so, I, I, I appreciated it, albeit he cooked us. Uh, so. Yep. Kudos to the worst lawyer. Next up from Ali, are the shit basketball recruiting classes of the past few years due to Izzo banking on his second title with Winston and then retirement and mailing it in recruiting wise? When that plan fell apart due to COVID, we were left with this. Well, there was a time where it looked like Izzo was doing his best recruiting uh, (laughs) during COVID. Um, But things didn't work out. Further, Max Christie go to hell. Uh, though, well, though Max Christie, uh, despite him being a disappointment, was a top recruit. That's my point. Recruit. No, that's my point. McDonald's it was a great example of Kevin's. Yeah, he's a was a great land for us, and then he hated us. He hated Michigan State. He hated himself. So, and also, you know, folks might remember we had I forget his name because it doesn't matter a, a, a higher rated recruit to play point guard who left because we took AJ Hogarth's commitment Mm. and he went to Oregon and has done who cares. I don't even know if he's on that team anymore. Uh, But I, I... and then there was the Imani Bates situation. And then there was an, uh, who else was it? Who was the other five star that decommitted Uh, again? I don't care. I don't care what's happening over there with them. But Ali, it did look like Izzo was actually recruiting better than ever, but then he got into this sort of the always the bridesmaid, never the bride situation. And which now he's back. Now ended. Brides and only from here on out. <laughs> if anyone's not watching Cohen car clips, oh my God, I can't wait for next year. Mm-hmm. 
next up, uh, Valentine Valentine's Day ideas for the non Spartans in your life, asking for no specific reason. Dear John, letter hit the bricks. Hit the bricks. Get yourself a Spartan. <laughs> Uh, or just gifted into existence. Yeah. Just, just give the gift of Spartan apparel. Indoctrination. Make this person green eggs and ham. Make it we a breakfast. The term grooming now. Wow. <laughs> Next up, Mike Jones. Why does Izzo recruit? Why does Izzo recruit seven Do plus I, foot guys who don't jump? <laughs> doesn't. Well, the emphasis here is not jumping. I mean, I don't think we have any of these guys currently, but Edie and Dickinson don't get called for fouls because they don't jump. Scarato is a fucking clown. Clown, clown, clown. Clown emoji, clown emoji, clown emoji, clown emoji. Uh, first off, Mike Jones, thanks for the uh, thanks for the old-fashioned. Appreciate you. Um, second off, it is ridiculous that Zach Edie got called for Exists. No fouls in this game. So, <laughs> Like, I can't imagine... It- when he makes a a basket, I feel like he shouldn't be applauded for that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Truly. Sure. Sure. How could you not? Yeah. But dude had like four over the backs and a flagrant today, none of which got whistled. No. In fact, we were called for the foul, those fouls. So that's mm-hmm. fine. That's yeah. Fine. It, I'm, God, it, like it actually makes me a little angry. To be uh, fair, though, it wasn't Scarado that called that foul. It was one of the other referees who was clearly having a boner. Yeah, there's uh, there's usually one superstar on a uh, on a crew, and and Scarada was it, right? This, yeah, yeah. This is what That's qualifies it. as a superstar these days. Can't Apparently. be a cop. <laughs> can't be a ref. Uh, I can't read. Can't write. Can't, can't be ref. a ref. Uh, next up from Mike Jones. Went to my first hockey game in years Saturday night versus Penn State. Atmosphere was fantastic. Come from behind. W. Ones that can't read, can't write. Hockey tailgate. So. Before I'm gonna have to lead off on this because I'm gonna get some shit sandwich from from Greg here in a second. Mm. Kevin and I chose a date. We said we're gonna go to a hockey game together. It's gonna be a date. I'll get flowers. He'll give me a kiss. It's fine. It'll be a nice night. <laughs> and so there's a flutter uh, of my heart. Yeah, only for you. So we saw Michigan State University Federal Credit Union. We are both members mm-hmm. <laughs> and have been for a long time. Offering free tickets. So we signed up. We said, let's do it. Now, did MSU FCU come through with their side of the deal? No, they did. They did for me. Oh, they did? Yeah. Did they email you? Oh, yeah. I got tickets. (gasps) Now, to be clear, I was in San Diego anyway. You were selling. So it wasn't as if I was going, but I didn't get the email. Yeah. Oh, bummer, dude. Did it go to like your junk or something? No, and I've checked. I've checked, I was checking it throughout, like on the way to the flight and everything else when we left Thursday night. And then Friday morning, I was checking. Tickets like sold out immediately. So it was really difficult to get them. Um, I have uh, to call the credit uh, union now just to complain just about it. Give them a piece of your mind. I'm going to do it. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mike Jones, so glad to hear you made it into Mun. And yes, those atmospheres have been really good. It's good to see. We we asked Graham when he was on the podcast, Graham Couch. Uh, you know, we just wrote about this, I think. That uh, we asked, like, can East Lansing support multiple sports like this? And the answer appears to be yes. yeah. 
And not just also supporting hockey, supporting women's soccer as well. Women's soccer was in the top 10, I believe, in attendance this year nationally. So uh, this community has shown that it can support this many programs, and I'm glad that that they're doing well. And I think the social media numbers just came out for hockey, and MSU is second, I think, in terms of uh, Minnesota, who's like running away with the Big Ten right now. Yeah, but Minnesota cares more about hockey than they do football. Mm. So, hmm. I mean, I just, and clearly basketball. Um, <laughs> and clearly. Uh, next up from Mike Jones, uh, since it sounds like Malik is done for a while, what percent chance do you give him of returning next year? Good question. Yeah, but also, like, let's live in this. I, I don't want, I want This isn't a folks. looking forward to next year's team. This is a, in this person's case, under these circumstances, what do you think? I, I assume that Malik would have been done this year. There, he doesn't even have end of season film to end on at this mm, point in time. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Which is, I think, why you're framing Mike at some point, text, thread, phone call, carrier pigeon, was you just felt terrible for Malik. And I think that is the right emphasis here. The focus should be on how horribly he has to feel for the whole thing. So, But because we're all about airing dirty laundry, Plum quickly said, no, care about us. And I was <laughs> with him on that. Yeah, you, that did get a ha-ha from you. Or a love, maybe. It got a love. Was something, yeah, you got a thumb down for your I care about Malik. And Plum's <laughs> I care about us got heart reaction. <laughs> I... I work with the dumbest people. Uh, (laughs) Next up, Nate C. MSU Hockey is back on track and beat PSU twice this weekend. Will you give it the credit and time it deserves or sweep? Oh, oh, so good. Nate, I just want to say that's a better use of air quotes than Mama Belief. And for that, I salute you and thank you for your service. Really good contact (laughs) for two reasons. One. Uh, he called it. He had his finger on the pulse on this one. He did. He knew um, it. and, uh, two, uh, yeah, we, you know, it deserves some more time. Uh, it just as you deserve to come back, Nate C next time we play a game on a boat and tell us more about it. Next up from Nate C, uh, how many more games will we make zero three point shots? Zero. Well, it was, it hadn't been done. It has since, to like, be 2015 zero. or something. Yeah. Like it has that, to right? be zero. Yeah. Uh, and finally, from Nate C, if Malik is out again, do you think this team can finish the top third of the conference? That's tough, I think. Tough uh, sled. Yeah. I do. Oh. My answer is I do. Okay. okay. I'm all in on the guard play. Uh, Tyrone Couch is next. First asking, seven days in Seattle or four in Seattle and three to four in Vancouver. We are locked into the Seattle days. Um. I did the Seattle to to Vancouver trip or vice versa via train. Lovely. Nice little experience. And Vancouver is a great town. Uh, So I would vote yes on this personally. I think you can hit, get a pretty good feeling for Seattle in a few days uh, and then head on up to Vancouver. That's, that's my vote on this. What do you guys think? I would do the same. Like I don't, care enough about seattle to get to know it that intimately having been there a couple times like it's it's a nice town yeah 
there's a conversation he's going to go to a Mariners game. I guess the Tigers are in town. Do take the ferry across to uh, right Bainbridge right? Island. Bainbridge. Bainbridge. Bainbridge is uh, there's a nice little town right there off the ferry. You don't even need to like and, bring a car. Uh, there's an old uh, fort there. Also, uh, if you're into military nonsense, uh, and I believe Officer and a Gentleman, the Richard Gere film, was filmed there. Mm -hmm. Wow. But Uh, definitely check out Bainbridge with you on that cosign. Yeah. Uh, Also, someone mentioned uh, Subterranean Tour of Seattle. I didn't know about that. Uh, But also go to the UW campus. It is very pretty and very easy to get to, very accessible. And then boat out to Bill Gates's home on an island and tell me how that goes. <laughs> uh, but if, Nate, see, if you do decide to go to Vancouver, also Tyrone. ask questions about that. Or, I'm sorry. Yes, we moved on to Tyrone. Also ask questions about Vancouver if you decided to do that, because there's more than just the steam clock town. There's more to do there. There's like steampunk district or whatever it is. I don't remember. Next up, uh, Greg, what's next? Uh, next up from Tyrone is, I think uh, we should go around the horn. Everyone else should. Tom, you got this one? <laughs> How have I gone zero to three days with the plum stash? What woman could withstand? Nope. Yeah. Wait. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, I got, I got, I'm getting screwed in all of this. I, <laughs> Fine, go ahead. Um, How dare you interrupt anything that has to do with my mustache? It is offended. Quit the pod. It feels really good. <laughs> it, it might quit the pod. <laughs> Look at some of it's falling off right now, Michael. Oh, that, that'll go well for employment. Uh, for All those right. of us that Everyone are only asks. listening to the podcast, which is the entire audience. Audience. Uh, Plum leaned in and feigned. Better not. Better not. Just better not. It's better to not. It's always better to not. And that's how it's better is when it's not. There's a reason why we don't share the video of this despite all of our protestations. And that's because of you, you absolute gruel-based food eater. Now listen. Jonesy called me out publicly on uh, my halftime takes. I'm calling you out publicly on your Hitler stash jokes. (laughs) All right, anyway. Okay, there it is. There it is. Dirty laundry everywhere! There it is. There it is. is. He's going to text you later tonight and make you cut that. I am. I am. Yep, yep, I am. Well, you've got enough cuts to do. What's one more? You know, really. (laughs) Next up from Tyrone Couch, how have I gone zero to three days with the plum stash? What woman could withstand the charm of my plum stash? (laughs) My wife, that's who. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you pesky hormones and that dog. That dog, too. Good him. Good for him. And I'm sorry that your wife doesn't have good taste, Tyrone. It's interesting, Tyrone, that you uh, you thought Alex Plum does things that are appealing to women. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm a good listener, Kevin. <laughs> they like that. Active. Active they. listener. <laughs> uh, does... What are, what are Jason's real feelings on a mustache? Listen, he also has one. So yeah, but he pulls it off. Well, listen, he says he likes it. Doesn't have the same length. His I will like- tell you though, if I ever find out that he really doesn't like it, it will be the most bitter betrayal. Truly, truly betrayal. Do you guys shave next to each other and say twinning? Yes, we actually shave each other's. So. <laughs> You guys pull it off. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Well done. That's not easy. 
That's not easy. No, I'm just delaying for what I have to read next, which is. Hold on, I need to read this in advance. Oh my god. Uh, all right. This is not that bad. It's really not. Rant of the week: Child support. Why do doctors have to pay their lazy ex fifty k a year in child support? I'm a teacher and was paying eight hundred eighty nine dollars a month for equal time. The quote-unquote same quality of life at both homes is like expecting horse to play well as a Bama offensive tackle. Delayed prostitution payments? <laughs> this is, I think, a riff off of the old adage, like you're paying for it one way or another. Um, <laughs> look at look at Mike Jones and his virtue signaling on this question. Hang, hang with the boys on this, Mike Jones. I don't understand is what I'm because I know Tyrone hates his children. So <laughs> I thought I'm frankly assuming This is why that, this is where the resentment comes from. <laughs> I, I assume that Tyrone is tweeting these questions to us from jail for failure to pay child support because spite the children. And for that, sir, I salute you. Yeah. Here, here. Uh, next up for Mr. Neurotic Pants, what exactly does Kempom assess? I have only superficial understanding. Uh, I don't think we have time to get into this today, but the basis of it, Mr. Neurotic Pants, is tempo-free statistics. So you'll, you've watched a lot of basketball games. You'll know that they don't all have the same number of possessions. They don't, you know, sometimes the, the, sometimes we run out the clock. Sometimes we accelerate the clock. Some teams you know, do things like a Wisconsin to run out the clock. Um, so Ken Palm adjusts for all of that and makes statistics based on how efficient is a team over 100 positions and then takes it much, 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 much further from there. So that maybe that is your superficial understanding already, uh, in which case I apologize. Uh, we can get into it in greater detail later. Um, but that's the basis of some of it is also behind a black box. Yeah. So there's some of it to which we couldn't explain to you because yeah, some of it is proprietary. So, Hmm. uh, but the idea is how good is this team uh, compared to all other teams in a way that we can measure and that, yeah. So some of that is based upon the opponent you played, right? So Mm -hmm. it's not just what you do every hundred possessions it's against the opponent that you played. So if you play a Wisconsin who plays slower, then you know your if you scored a great amount of points considering you played Wisconsin, then you would make assumptions about your 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 scores against say Iowa who does not play defense, yep. right? It's just basically Mr. Rodic Pants trying to put all college basketball teams on as level playing field as you can to evaluate them statistically. Um, I wonder what uh, I wonder what his record against the spread is. I have read that you can't use Ken Palm to try to beat the spread. I've, I've read that it just doesn't work. So, so maybe it's ass, or maybe Vegas takes a look at Ken Palm or Torvik or whatever when they're setting the spreads. Yeah. Uh, next up for Mr. Neurotic Pants this week on Behind the Scenes, is it repeatedly asks Tim Stout if he thinks he looks quote dashing while Stevie apologetically pantomimes daddy lifting a bottle. Later, Malik Hall has to push Izzo armed with a roof nail and perks away, adding, I don't want backwards surgery on my foot. 
That's how they do it in Iron Mountain. <laughs> so stupid. It's this so is good. Stupid. I'm proud of you, Mr. Neurotic Pants. This is my favorite one in a while. Not that they're bad, but I really like this one. Yeah, no, Me- I agree. Meanwhile, Alan Haller calls Tucker into his office uh, after seeing photos of the coach wearing a sport coat made of $100 bills, saying, let's wait for two winning seasons in a row. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Next up from Mr. Neurotic Pants, can Spartan Nation dial back the quote, refs cheated us, and quote, the broadcasters are biased? Vetching? Is it, did I pronounce that correctly? Plum likes to drop the mensch, so he's probably up on his Yiddish. Yeah, I think that's right. I think you've got it there. Uh, I get, yeah. I really get sulking eight year old complaining that big brother got an extra slice of pizza vibes from it all. Yes. It happens at times, not every time. So well, we, we spent did, a fair amount of time complaining about the officials we did today. So also, uh, can we talk about Fox for a second? Cause the, the Illinois broadcast was ass. Mm. And then today they brought out a new clock for some reason. Yeah, that like digital on the on the bottom of the screen situation. Oh my god! It was also it's, slightly th- transparent. Not a good look. I don't think the I don't think we've ever complained that the broadcasters are biased. I think we've just complained that they suck. Oh, mm. uh, very we different things. Very much complained that that Gus oh, Johnson was biased. Right? He's not a broadcaster. He's an honorary Harvard alum, and uh, and for that we salute him. Uh, Next up, Andrew K. Gardner. Uh, should there be a height limit in basketball, and why should it be set at seven three? <laughs> I'll say the same thing last week. This is the is the uh, you know the NCAA back in the sixties, so that uh, so that uh, Hakeem, what's his name? Was it Hakeem? No, Hakeem uh, one? No, no, no. Uh, Will Chamberlain? Nope. Uh, no. Oh my God, from the, the Lakers. I got cut. Will this Chamberlain? Too. No, after that. Uh, from UCLA and then the Lakers and then, oh my God. Why? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, Kareem, thank you, Plum. So you couldn't dunk. Uh, but I love it. I'm on board. It should be applied retroactively and all teams with people over 7'3 should have to uh, vacate. Corpus wins. Next up, Thomas Dambiasi asks, do we need to beat Purdue to have a shot at the conference title or is there another path? Uh, I think taken, do we have them again? Yes, we yes. have them in, in Westlake. Yeah, yeah no, no, we're not going to win the title. I mean, let's just take that right out of consideration. That shouldn't be the goal. Not having any more fucking injuries should be the one goal that they have. And that's probably But I don't, I think, check in with me next week. Win these next two, you are not out of the race. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, you. in which case, yes, you need to beat Purdue at home. Um if MSU beats IU next weekend, should I revisit my idea from football season and finally get that Conrad's opened in Bloomington? Got it. Right? Franchise, baby. Also, if you could get the one opened in Frandor, that would be great because that was the one that I preferred to order from. But they're still not open. I don't like it. Also, take a trip out to Rutgers and try a fat sandwich because you can sell that literally anywhere. Yeah, also um, good. Last up from Thomas Zambiasi, uh, am I entitled to financial compensation for hearing the Burger King commercial that plays during the games in my sleep? Yes. Are you guys familiar with this? No. 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 I think it might be a pro football thing. Mm. Ah. Thomas, send us a clip. 
or retweet it for everybody. It sounds like it's a real joy. Yes. Uh, next up, Eric Ozanic. How do we do? Uh, fine. Fine. <laughs> Not great. Not horrible. Could have been better. Could have been way worse. I'm proud, but mm. like also disappointed. It could be worse. We could all be Kelly Pfeiffer. Yucky. And live in Iowa. Uh, next up, Alex Plum, Spartan18770, what is the percentage of Michigan Twitter accounts with 20 or less followers, a.k.a. Russian Twitter bots? <laughs> it's got to be 95%. <laughs> mm, right? Mm. Something high. Something silly. Something uh, we're going to skip silly. question two because I don't think it ages well. Very uh, good. It probably came in a bit early. Uh, Spartan eighteen seven seven zero asks, "How many points do we beat Michigan by this year?" Trick question: We've never beaten Michigan and never will. This is according Hashtag to the, the Russian bots. Fuck Michigan. It's <laughs> fair. Well, you said it. I didn't think you were saying it. That's good. We're PG one three podcast bomb. I already I already one. dropped an F bomb. So yeah. oopsies. Uh, next up, oops thirty two Sparty. Does Cooper end up taking Kohler's first of the bench minutes? I think this is a fascinating question. I think Carson Cooper is playing himself into that role. It will continue to probably be matchup dependent, though. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and, and we've seen enough out of, uh, you know, uh, out of uh, Jackson Kohler that maybe he can fan out, play the four a little bit more. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like... Carson Cooper has been really impressive in the time that he has been given. And I'd like to see that continue. Yeah. Uh, why not? Why not? Next up from hoops 32 Sparty. Uh, when does the tourney streak get in jeopardy? I'm guessing that means this season because it has been in jeopardy at times over the last couple. Uh, here's what I'll say on this. The next. Lose the next two. Yeah, that's right. Well, the next block, let's cut the remaining games in half. The first block is much tougher than the second block. Correct. So the sky might appear to be falling at times over the next five or six games, but there's chance that the clouds will part and opportunities will present themselves on the back half. I'll just, will as a podcast, try to keep that in mind. Um, But it also, these are the opportunities to cement a trip to the dance as well. That's right. Uh, next up is Eman Sinner. Not complaining it was a tough game, but really? No fouls on Edie? Did anyone else th- see in his final basket him shoving his forearm into Mati's face? Uh, Izzo complained about this in the post-game conference, that getting called for pushing guys out from the lane, but in the same time, they're trying to push into the lane. So, mm-hmm. like, why is one a foul? And though Izzo, like... Let's not be dumb. We favor offensive movement in basketball. That's just the way it is. Um, but I missed that particular. Though, if you told me that Zach Eady shoved Mati in the face, I'm unsurprised by that. Because we saw him suplex, suplex yeah. Mati at one point as well. Yeah. Uh, next up from KLSMD12, Karen. Uh, Malik call injury update, prayer hands. That's it. It's just the prayer hands. That's, That's all. all. Just that is the update. That's the update. Yeah. The update is a lot of freaking prayer hands. 
Uh, next up, this one's from Plum. Joe Ashworth asks, what would it take to actually get the Big Ten to address the refing situation? Again, uh, everyone thinks this is a problem, and that's how the Big Ten knows it's not a problem. I would say to you that unless and until there are con- – I mean, this could be a great example. I don't – I don't know. I, In my experience, the coaches hear directly from the conference coordinators. You get some of the like light razzing in the postgame. I will tell you every game at this level is evaluated. There is an evaluator watching the game. They're discussing with the referees what was there, what was good, what was not. But this is a fraternity. These referees have, they want to be kept in good graces. The guys that have been in for a long time, there is, it's hard to get them out. There's, I think this idea that there is even a refing situation, there is no refing situation. No one has a problem with this. I lifted this from him, so I have to continue it. I have to give him his time. He adds, I checked the play-by-play after after Underwood's tech at the 14-minute mark. The refs called nine consecutive fouls against MSU. What can possibly explain that unbelievable, improbable sequence other than incompetent refs? Yeah, I I sort of sort of asked and answered here earlier in the in in our recording, just that that is that is wholly unacceptable. It is un it's it is unbelievable. I I, I'm I'm having a difficult time believing it, but I believe you, Joe Ashworth. Uh, they, they had to be so abundantly obvious that they had to get called. I mean, there's, as a sack referee, I found myself in the place where I'm like, oh my God, I just called a foul against them. Oh my God. Another one. Oh my, but by the third one, I would physically feel sick. Basketball is a lot faster. It's harder. Uh, I don't know. I, I, they're, they're, it is a highly unbelievably improbable sequence. They definitely ate a shit sandwich from their evaluator. There's no way they didn't. I do think that we got to, sorry, we got to, the fact that Danger and Edie didn't get fouls called against them though. Yes. That's point, un- it's, it's problematic. It's un- but, but part of that's also on Mahdi, Jackson and Carson, right? Like you got to find ways to sell your fouls too. Yep. And that, and, and, and in fairness, it's also a reflection of that MSU is not doing a ton of scoring from the center position. Right. Offense drives fouls. Like if you're not getting offense from the center, then whatever. Uh, next up, the key ski. How many seasons do we have left with Keon Coleman? One. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's right. Next up from the key ski. Uh, who will have a better career, Jackson Kohler or Carson Cooper? I'm calling the shot now, Carson Cooper. Wow. Ooh, I mean, he's I, he's taller. He's got the gifts. But yeah, I, we'll see. There's I still a lot of yep. up to upside potential for Jackson Kohler. Yep. Greg, who is the bigger nerd, me or Plum? I mean, they're different nerds, right? It's just like they're different types of douchebags. Um, well, no, no, no. Let's not make these the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and there is a douchebag nerd that's uh, like gatekeepery oh. and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's true. I'm going to go ahead. You two, neither of you two... I would say our traditional nerd types. Um, but of the two, I'm going to go plum. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's fair. But listeners, do a survey next time of who's played Dungeons and Dragons most recently. <sighs> the question is Kevin. To me. It's Kevin. I, oh I my God. This was a false choice question. Though to be now fair, I'm, I said I'm offended. Most recently, I didn't say ever. Oh, so I've oh I've actually never played it. Oh, it's a fantastic game. I hate it's fun both of you. It can be fun. It can be nice. Uh, last up, 
Anthony Sharpvert asks, are you emotionally prepared for four years of Fletcher Lawyer? I had are this exact thought. For oh, one God. more of Edie. Uh, Listen, I had everyone, this exact ev- thought during the game. Of like, I oh, don't. God, I, Fletcher, Fletcher Lawyer needed to do something for his brother's legacy. That was what this game was. It will never be repeated. Yeah. <laughs> now he'll fade back into obscurity. He'll fade back into oblivion. Yep. Can we make him 5'8 as well? That would be great. Let's just, yeah, let's just give him the the Nancy Kerrigan treatment. The old Uh, drink, right? Next up from uh, Le Chauvet. Do they have eight foot walls you can station in the paint in the transfer portal? Wow. Bringing Trump into this, huh? You're going to build that wall, Anthony? Unbelievable. (laughs) Truly, truly unbelievable. Next up and last up. Sharkford, prop bet of the week, total number of fouls called on opposing centers the remaining 13 games of the season <laughs> versus MSU's seed in the Big Ten tourney. Over, under, four and a half. Taking oh, the, look who's... the under. I'm taking the under. I'm both. Look who's using his prop bets of the week now to, to make little saucy points. Uh, usually they're just like straight up. Straight up hard prop facts. Prop bets of the week, but now... Now we got Sharpvert getting saucy out here with his prop bets. Uh, I see Plum has already taken his NyQuil uh, and so is ready to retire immediately. (laughs) Uh, But gentlemen, it was not as much fun as we'd hoped for the week, but I remain a little bit heartened. Uh, So we've got a big week in front of us. Uh, I think we will return next week with a clearer view of what this team is or can be without Malik Hall. So in the interim, go green. Go white. Go white. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.